0: May the God who gives endurance, in some translations it says, May the God of all endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Jesus Christ. He's a good God. He's an amazing God. And He's the God who gives endurance. He's the God who gives encouragement no matter what you're facing. So with one heart and one mouth, you may glorify the God, the Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what Paul is saying is, our hope is not to be found in our willingness and ability to endure, but it's in God. Thank God for that, that it's not up to us. Our hope is not to be found in our willingness and ability to endure. Listen, Midwesterners, but it's in God. Tin Boom says, "Let God's promises shine on your problems." Her belief was rooted in something more than the hope that God would cause her problems to go away. She experienced the true promises of God in the midst of her problems. Father, I pray that our hope would be in You. Thank You that You are a good God. Thank You that You are the God of all endurance, and the God of courage, and the God of encouragement. a God of love, and that you are a God of presence. May our hope be in you and you alone, I praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning, New Cove. It is so good to see you. Thank you for making worship a priority. Uh, wow, what an amazing uh, time of worship. And my hope and prayer has been that there would be uh, part of the songs, the lyrics, or uh, part of the verses that we've looked at already, as well as what we're about to look at, that you would say, this is why God wanted me to be here Today We are in 1 Peter chapter 4. You may want to find your Bible, page 1223, if you're using uh, the Bible that uh, we provide here at New Cove. And uh, as always, uh, those that are in-house, uh, if you don't have a Bible or for some reason yours is missing in action, please feel free to take one of these here. Much better to be used during the week than just to sit here all week long. As you know, the Roman world was more divided and divisive and we are today, shock of all shocks. And Peter's letter to them is to say, how do we live winsome lives as followers of Jesus Christ? How do we stay in the culture and we bring beauty to the culture? And in fact, it's put this way, it's how we live a life of mission and hope. And that's what 1 Peter, 4, 1 Peter is all about. Chapter 4 is no different. How to live a life of mission in a world that's absolutely going bonkers around us. And in some cases, I feel like I'm part of the bonkerism. I don't know if that is a word, but it is right now. Where you just think, oh, my word, I, I, the world's just changing instantaneously. And you're thinking, why does God have me here for such a time as this? And why does he have New Cove located where we are? And the beauty of this is that where God has us is exactly where he wants us. There may be upheaval in the world around us, but God chose you And put you and me exactly where we need to be in this very hour. So Peter's message is to say to wake up and don't freak out. It's going to be okay. If God wanted you to go immediately, if if God's will was for you to make a commitment to Jesus Christ and poof you're up into heaven, then that would have already happened. He's left us here for such a time as this. And that is a word of encouragement, not a word of discouragement. And here's what he says in 1 Peter 4, 7. The end of all things is near. Merry Christmas, right? But he's saying, wake up. You've been left here on a very special purpose because the end is near. Romans three twenty three For all of us, everybody, every human being born. For all of us have sinned, tried to make life work apart from, from God. For all have sinned and come short of what God wants. Romans six twenty three. For the wages or the outcome or the result of sinning is eternal separation from God and in hell. And so he's left us here for a very special reason. Acts 4.12 says there's no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. And so God has put us exactly where he wants us so that we can develop relationships. We can be, live a life of, of, of hope around people around us with the hope of having a conversation with others to let them know that their hope is in Christ and in Christ alone. Uh, Acts 16, 31. Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. So when we came to Romans 1 Peter 4, 7. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded, be self-controlled. And so he's going to talk about what that looks like. To be clear-minded, to be set on exactly why God has us here. And he says, so that, you could be con- so that you can pray. God is concerned for, for people who are without Christ for, for, for no doubt. He's about concerned that. But he's also concerned about your and my holiness, that we would pray. I think it's interesting. At the top of the list is prayer. Here's the beauty of prayer. It replaces self-focus with a God-focus. It reminds us of who we are and, por- and, more importantly, who we're not. And so as we look at the current situation of where God has us and what's going on around us, we take good, good uh, encouragement to realize that we need to pray because that helps us to get from self-focus to God-focus. That's the whole purpose of every time we come together in worship, for sure, but in small groups and as we meet with one another, is to help us to move from self-focus to God-focus. Uh, C.S. Lewis put, I don't pray to change God. I pray because I can't can't help myself. It doesn't change God. It changes me. So let me give you four empowering prayers to daily pray. Uh, As an example, it says, therefore, be clear-minded, be self-controlled, so that you may pray. Number one, ask God to make our lives consistent with our message. Every day when you get up, pray and say, God, help my life to be consistent with what I espouse to be true. People are far more likely to believe our faith is relevant when it's obviously relevant to us. So I kind of run through seasons, and I just, uh, in my uh, laptop, I've got a special place in an Evernote note, that I keep verses where God is just speaking clear to me. And every day I read through these prayer, through these verses, that just help me, help me to be able to pray and say, God, may my life be aligned with this. Here are a few of those that I have as important for this particular season in my life and in Karen's life. Acts 18, 27. What is impossible for people is possible with God. And so I start my day off knowing. This is awesome. This is the truth, and God may what is impossible, that seems impossible for me, may it it is possible with you. May my life be aligned to that. Psalm twenty three. Psalm, excuse me. Psalm seventy three, twenty six. My health may fail, my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. Very appropriate for me these days. Psalm 143, 8, let me hear of your unfailing love each morning, for I'm trusting you. In other words, prayer says, it gets me off of my self-focus and on to God-focus. Psalm 62, 5 through 8, let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in Him. And I stop at that point, and I just think, immediately I come under conviction, because there are areas that my hope is not in Him, my hope is in Something to happen or someone to change or some situation to change. And my hope rises and falls on things that are horizontal, not vertical. And so I will spend some time praying. And it doesn't take long for the conviction to come of where's my hope lying these days. For my hope is in him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. God, where, where in my life are, are you not the only one that I'm trusting in? My fortress will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. He's my refuge. He's my rock. No one can reach me. Oh, my people, trust in him. Trust at all times. Here's one I started with immediately before I even got out of bed this morning. Isaiah 26, 3 to 4. You keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord your God is an eternal rock. These are just some of the verses, and every, every morning I get up and I I, I pull these verses together. And I just I refocus again, and I pray and ask God to make my life consistent with His Word, and where it's not consistent, that He would bring that to my mind's eye, so I confess that, so I can align. My life to that. Ask God to make our lives consistent with our message. Number two, ask God to give us His love for those without Jesus. When we love others as Jesus loves, our words will be empowered. And so saying, God, help me to have a concern for those who don't know You. Open my eyes to the people that are around me that have not given their life to You. Give me opportunity. Give me a desire to share my faith with them. Three, ask God, ask the Spirit. To lead me or lead us to those He's prepared for me to influence, and again, as I as I talk through uh, this with with God, I think, where does He have me in my neighborhood? Where does He have me uh, here at New Cove every Sunday morning before I I come? I pray. As I'm walking up here and say, God, will you put? I can't talk to everybody. I'd like to, but God, will you put me in the pathway of the people that I need to speak to and need to encourage? So. Ask the Spirit, before you even start your day, God, lead me to those he's prepared for me to influence. I look at my schedule for the day, and I pray and say, God, would, and I pray through every, every person that I'm going to encounter and say, God, may I bring a breath of heaven to people. May I bring heaven to them, not hell to them. Four, ask the Spirit to speak through your words and actions. Luke 12 12 says, For the Holy Spirit will give you the very words that you're to speak in that very hour. So you don't need to freak out what are you going to say? You'll know when God's calling you to speak up. And just Luke 12, 12 say, God, will use, give me the very words to speak? Matthew 10 20, it says, It is. Uh, it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father is speaking through you. And so it's all about. Realignment. It's about this idea of saying, God, would you place me exactly where you want me to be and open my eyes that I don't miss an opportunity to bring heaven to the people? The New Testament followers of Jesus did not share Jesus because they had to, but because they couldn't help it. And so my prayers also say, hey, God, help me to share my faith because I just can't help it. I can't keep it to myself. When we got back from Dallas, uh, we spent some time with our grandsons, and they could not wait to tell us what they got for Christmas. I mean, it, you couldn't shut them down. And it, I was convicted saying, God, may I be that that enthusiastic about saying, look what I read this morning. This is this is what how God has touched my heart, and I want to share this with you, or God has laid it on my heart. Uh, yesterday, uh, had an opportunity to serve our neighborhood and it was a blessing to freeze my tail off snow blowing for my neighbors. But as I I prayer snow blowed. But again it's just how can I how can I be something positive in my neighborhood to bring it with, again some people I barely know and others I have a good relationship with but it's all about building goodwill so that because I know the end is near. And I think God has put me exactly on my street at this very time to share my faith at the appropriate time. And and it's their best chance that I do that or or else God would have them live somewhere else. Okay, so let me, before I move to to verse 8, let me do a quick run-through using the message paraphrase of what we've studied for the last several weeks. Since Jesus went through everything you're going through and more... Learn to think like Him. Think of your suffering, your hard times, as weaning from that old sinful habit of always expecting to get your own way. That's what sin is. It's just wanting and expecting to get things our own way. Then you'll be able to live out your days free to pursue what God wants instead of being tyrannized by what you want. Let me just parenthetically lay in uh, I don't use the message paraphrase that frequently, but there are times that I get through a passage and then I come back and look at it through a new lens and a paraphrase. And I've prayed, I've allowed these words to drive my confession and my talk with God. And so even verse two, then you'll be able to live out your days free to pursue what God wants instead of being tyrannized by what I want. God opened my eyes to the if I'm being tyrannized by what I want, man, bring that to my mind so that I can quickly realign myself to what you want. You've already put in your time in, the, in that god ignorant way of living, partying night after night, with drunken and pro, uh, prop, whatever that is, life. Now, it is time to be done with it for good. Of course, your old friends don't understand why you don't join with them in the gang anymore, but you don't have to hold, give an account to them. They're the ones who will be called on the carpet before God himself. Listen to the message. It was preached to those, who, who, to those believers who are now dread, dead. And even though they have died, just as all people must, they will still get in on the life that God has called, given them in Jesus. Everything in the world is about to be wrapped up. So take nothing for granted. Stay wide awake in prayer, most of all, Love each other as if your life depended on it. So here we look at verse 8. Above all, above all, that ought to, clue bell ought to be ringing at, at, at full range right now. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. In other words, we're to love each other, not just those in our own echo chamber. And that is what worries me among the things that worry me about our current culture is there's such this, this negativity and this, this casting of, of, of putting people side against side. And again, I'm not downplaying difference of beliefs and all that, of, of political views and all that. You need to be informed and, and need to read. But to, but, to, but to demonize somebody who just doesn't think like you that is so antithetical to what God's called us to do. He said, love each other deeply. And that is. What he, and he's speaking, at this point, he's speaking to believers. And years ago, I used to think, well, why would he tell believers to love deeply other believers? And now, during the last two years, I understand why. Because it's so easy to pull into your own echo chamber and and lose care and concern. And I'm not saying you give up your beliefs and give up your, your priorities. I'm just saying that how we share and how we build bridges to others needs to be done in a spirit of what First Peter says, above all, love each other deeply. Deeply. Not just what, when it's convenient. And the word deep, and I think this is interesting, love each other Deeply, the other word, another word could be used, could be earnestly, but it is an athletic term. And it means an athlete straining to reach the goal, trying to break the record. Love each other profusely with all you have. Give it all you got. Don't let up. Lean in. Strain towards loving one another. Wow. Why? Because love covers a multitude of sins. My guess is you're a messy person. And my guess is the person that you are irritated with is messy as well. And, and here it says we're to love them, to pursue them, to do everything we can because love covers a multitude of sins. He's quoting Proverbs ten twelve. Hatred stirs up strife. But love covers all offenses. 1 Corinthians 13, 7 says, Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. All right. So, a little bit of conviction here. God, who am I not loving? And even among the faith, who am I most irritated with? And God, am I loving them? So, how do we love deeply? How do we... Move intently. And how do we move with love in an intense way like an athlete trying to finish the finish line? How do you do that? Verse 9. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Now, hospitality is not a primary theme in, in this book, but it does figure prominently in this important passage. And to, to show hospitality means to invite them into your life Or put another way, you're to offer the gift of availability. That you would be available. Karen and I have a a friend who, just that's kind of her statement. She goes, we'll talk to her and say, hey, would you like to do something? Or can you help with this or that? She goes, are you kidding? I have the gift of availability. And it's amazing because she just lives her life in such a way that wherever she goes, she looks to see how she can serve and engage, and she makes herself available. Think about this. The greatest hope for our unbelieving neighbors isn't them coming to New Cove, but God sending us to them. Do you realize how many more people who need Jesus are out there than are coming in here? And I'm not down on bringing people to the New Cove, but I just know it's much more effective and much more efficient if I'm aware of people outside the walls of 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 this church. And so we begin and say, God, open my eyes to the people around me and help me to serve, help me to have a gift of availability, help me to serve in such a way that I can be available and give me an opportunity to reach into their their lives. You're just saying, if only I knew the names of my neighbors and I've lived there for 14 years and I don't know their names and I can't ask them. Well, have I got a gift for you this morning. There's a website called blesseveryhome.com, blesseveryhome.com. And it will tell you what you've been wanting to know for years. The names of your neighbors. Put in your address and it shows and you can zero in. And the goal of this, blesseveryhome.com, every uh, the goal is to get believers as you walk in the neighborhood that you pray specifically for the names of the, of the neighbors. And pray for an opportunity to serve them, to be available to them. Number two, one way people enter the kingdom is first by entering our kitchen. The people in my neighborhood are much more likely to come to something that I would grill outside or come into our home than they would to come to New Cove. That's okay. God put me exactly where He wants me for such a time as this. God has you. And so, looking to say, God, help me to be available. Help me have the gift of availability. As you know, more lives change when their feet land under a table. There are amazing conversations that happen around a dinner table and a kitchen table. So, the goal is to develop a relationship where they come and put their feet under your table. Number three, we need to see our homes and tables As an extension of the kingdom where there's always plenty of room. I like this by Jenny Allen. Every moment is granted for purposes we can't see. Every breath is issued for eternal things left undone. We brush against people in checkout lines who will will live forever in heaven or hell. And we contain God. Try to tell me your life is insignificant. Try to tell me that anything about this life is insignificant. You see, Satan's strategy is just simply to divert us, to distract us, to put our eyes more on the differences of people around us than on what everybody's hope is. Our hope is the God of endurance. Now, he says, show hospitality. The last two words... Of Verse 9 are probably the best and most important words of that entire verse. Show hospitality without grumbling. Need I call names? That we do it with a cheerful attitude because hospitality, here's why he says do it without grumbling, because hospitality is inconvenient. It is inconvenient, right? And so he says, I realize that the gift, being the gift having a gift of availability, that's going to be inconvenient, because typically you're opening your home or whatever it is you're offering to serve when you hadn't had that on your list. Here's how Max Lucado put it. "How do God's people live in a godless society blend in and assimilate? No. This is the time to stand out and assist. We were made for this moment. Okay, so how do you show hospitality with a good attitude? Verse 10 and 12, each one, meaning everybody that is in in shot of my voice, each one should use whatever gift you have received to serve. Everybody has been given a gift And so use your gift. Use StrengthsFinder, how you're most powerful. Use what you're really good at to serve others. Faithfully, administering God's grace in its very forms. If you are one who speaks, then do it as speaking the very words of God. So be careful how you communicate. If anyone serves, do so with the strength of God because serving is tiring. And if you're not careful when you serve in your own strength, you become bitter and resentful because people didn't say thank you very much. Or they press on. If anyone serves, do so with the strength of the what the Lord provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So let me kind of circle the runway, and then I'll land the plane. What is it about gifts that causes some confusion? I think part of it is we don't like our gift, or we haven't developed it much. And what happens is we begin to be envious of those around us who have different gifts than we do. And I think that is another strategy of the evil one, is to cause us to envy other people's gift mix And strengths, instead of recognizing, no, God has gifted me for such a time as this. First, uh, Psalm 139, that God has handcrafted, in the embryo, God has handcrafted every person exactly as he wants them to be. Listen, be careful. Envy's forgetful. Envy is so forgetful. And how do you know if you're forgetful? When you find yourself comparing and complaining. Comparing yourself to other people and complaining about what's going on. Number two, envy is so selfish. Envy tends to put us in the center of our own worlds. It's just it's just selfish. Third, envy has an I deserve whatever more than they do. Can you see how egomyopic this is, envy is? Envy is short-sighted. It demands immediate results and attention. Envy questions God's wisdom. That's a scary one right there. You're deciding that God has not gifted you the way that is best. And envy is impatient. It cries for blessings now. There's a synergy when we all come together. 2 Corinthians 10:12 says for we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves but they measuring themselves by themselves comparing themselves among themselves they're not wise. So what do we do? We manage something precious that we didn't receive that we received but we don't own. So this week, I want you to think about being available. I'd like for a worship team to come to the front. And there are a couple ways I want you to, to apply this message today. The song you're going to hear has amazing lyrics and beauty to it. There are three different places where you have the opportunity to immediately apply what you've just heard. There'll be some statements or questions Uh, that you can look at, that you can apply. The other is to make sure that you're in God's Word. And I would like for you, uh, you don't have to let me know by any stretch, but I just think it's so important that we stay in God's Word on a consistent basis. Would you consider spending as much time reading Scripture as you do looking at the news? My fear is that news has moved from informing us to transforming us. And so I'm not saying don't be informed. I'm saying be informed, but be informed about the ultimate truth, the priority of God's Word. And if we would spend as much time with a list of verses that God is speaking to us about. This week, the Bible reading plan is available. called Available. Breaking through busy to connect with God. If you don't have a reading plan, Bible.com is the place to go. Last week, we did a, a, a study... By Francis Chan, called Disciples Making Disciples. If you didn't do that last week, that would be an amazing one. Disciples Making Disciples. It's a, a Bible.com U version uh, app uh, by Francis Chan. That well, as a church, let's say we're going to be driven by what God wants for us. And He's left us here for such a time as this. So let's be available. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that you love us and care for us. And I pray this week, every morning, when we get up, God, I pray that our first thought would be about you and you alone. Father, I pray that we would align our daily lives according to you. Help us to be a breath of fresh air, a breath of heaven to the people that you put around us. And, Father, may you work through us, speak through us. Father, make us, I pray you help us to see when we have the opportunity to be available to the people around us, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.